trouble with a lily? You tired of having your homes blazed by a lily? You want to get rid of them pesky living critters once and for all? Well, come on down and see me, folks, because I'm the afternoon's leading vile exorcist. Yes, sir. Come on down here, and I want to tell you, I'll do anything. I'll scare them real bad. The point is, folks, I'm going to do anything to get your business. Hell, I'll possess myself if I gotta. Whoa! Yo, I got demons running all through me. All through me. Come on down here and see it. Hey, Jack, now, you get a free demon possession with every exorcism. Ah, you can't beat that, can you? Now bring a little parts down here. Hell, we got plenty of snakes and lizards for them to play with. There's no problem with that at all. So, see it once. Say it twice, third time's a charm, and remember, I'll eat anything you want me to eat. I'll swallow anything you want me to swallow. So come on down now. Chew on the dog. Hello, folks, and uh, welcome back to the Cine Beef Podcast. I am uh, one of your hosts, Gary Hill. Uh, i got to give you some time here. I've been, yeah, it's been a while. But <laughs> with you tonight is Jamie Sammons. How are you, girl? Hey, I'm doing well. It's almost Halloween. It's it's almost there. I see you've been doing some some uh some some home uh some homemade decorations. I didn't see the finished product of your your tombstone. I'm sure it's pretty awesome. Uh, well, it's actually because it's not finished. Uh, I had some stuff interrupt me, and I hope to finish them up tomorrow. I hope, but it's been all rainy and gooey outside so uh, i don't know i've had some difficulties these year these these this my god this year now you um i'm sure you've seen in the past that i do the lamp post with a jack-o'-lantern head mm-hmm. um which is my favorite thing that is the favorite halloween decoration that i have is whipping that um because all i did was take a, a candy bucket like the jack-o'-lantern head candy yep. bucket and slice it down the back and the bottom and then i just put it around the lamp post in my front yard and you know it glows and i love it also bonus since it's split down the back the light from the lamp post shines from there onto the other decorations in my yard so i get it lights up my decorations without using a spotlight which that's cool but that suddenly went out the other night I haven't been able to get my tombstones out, and uh, I'm just I'm kind of irritated with it all. And then, of course, we don't even know if we're going to get any trick-or-treaters anyway. But, I mean, our town is trick-or-treating, mm-hmm. is allowing trick-or-treating, but I just don't know if anybody's going to come out. Yeah, that's the big mystery this year. I mean, um, I, 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 I promised myself I wouldn't go too deep on the Rona uh, on the show anymore because... I listen to so many shows, and I haven't listened to shows in a while, so if I haven't praised you or say, hey, you made a really good episode on this, I've been watching a lot of movies at work lately, but when I do listen to shows, and they're having the Rona slash Donald Trump minute, or the 20 minutes, it's really pleasant to hit that fast-forward button just to say, I don't want to listen to this, <laughs> you know, because uh, that's not what I listen to the podcast for, so. Right. I, I, I don't, I mean, nobody, I don't even care to talk about it really because it's it's been talked to death you know i mean if you've had it and you're listening you know my heart's with you you know i i haven't had it yet you know i'm I'm looking somewhere else right now you know saying yeah not yet you know who, who knows what's going to happen but um i hope everybody I, i'll say this i hope everybody's well and thinking somewhat positive and not always settling on the negative because that's a uh, 
that's not good for your body. It's not good for your soul either. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I had, um, a lot of stuff happened to me, you know, in the past few months or so. And, uh, um, and, uh, if I hadn't said it yet on another show, I'll, I'll say it on this show, uh, much love to y'all for, for your support, uh, emotionally and financially. It's, it's been a amazing, amazing help and, um, generosity, man. I love it. I love people, man. I love you guys for that. So, ah, <laughs> but we're here tonight. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't think about, I can't think about that without crying. Like it just makes me so upset. I know. It took Holy me like a day. You know. It took me like a day to call you too because I didn't want to tell you about it right away because you know, you you was gonna cry and you know, I, I, I you start crying, I start crying. You know, if you can't work, I can't work. You know, it's, it's the same deal. You know, <laughs> it'll be anarchy. It'll be yeah. anarchy, man. <laughs> it'll be nothing but the crying podcast, and you know that, that uh, that's if not what we want. Late, then I can't work late. That's right. And if I can't work late. I can't work late. This this is why we work together. See so well. She she gets what I'm talking about, you know. Um, but I'll ask Jamie because she she's watched a ton. I mean, she she's been busy. I've seen she's been busy. Uh, what she been watching lately, girl? Well, uh, this year our theme for our Halloween watches or our October watches is Halloween is King, which means we've been watching Stephen King movies all month long, and. Then, you know, on top of that, we watch what we would normally watch, which are like screeners and whatnot. Um, also, some new movies on Shudder. Um, movies I loved were Prey, the the new uh, Dick Moss film, which uh, is about a giant lion that is terrorizing Denmark. I love it. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of my... I, creature features are one of them, or rather not creature features, I guess, but animals run amok is one of my favorite things. And Dick Moss is one of my favorite directors. He doesn't get lauded very much. And he doesn't have a whole lot under his belt like, of American films, but, or, you know, English, but I, or, that are well known. My God, one of, my, <laughs> I can't, one of these days I'm going to get a full sentence out. But I love him. I love what he does. And the gore is just fantastic. So I had a really good time with that. We also just watched uh, The Cleansing Hour, which I loved, and uh, which is a possession film that actually is one of the best, best possession movies I've seen in a very long time. This is not a movie that you would compare to The Exorcist. You know, I mean, I've, I've said for years that it is impossible to uh, make a possession film without thinking about The Exorcist. And this film does not make you think of The Exorcist. Or at least it doesn't make me think of The Exorcist. So, I mean, other than there, there is a possession. Other than that, they are completely different. And I uh, enjoyed it quite a bit. We also watched The Mortuary Collection, which is an anthology with Clancy Brown in the uh, in the wraparound. Um, uh, you say so good? Yeah, I enjoyed it as well, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Like, I had a fun time with it. I love the way it was shot. I love the way it looked. I love the score. And Clancy Brown killed it. You know, he's phenomenal. He was, I think he was channeling a little bit of anger scrim. And it was super fun. Now, uh, when is this coming out? Do you know? Uh, what, what, it's on It's on Shutter right now, Mortuary Collection. No, I mean, when is this show coming out? Oh, it's probably probably by hopefully by Friday. We're recording on a Wednesday right now, so. 
Okay. You can't talk about it. It's okay. But, uh, well, guy, it's just that guy's dick explodes in that other movie, though. So there's that, you know. There uh, is that. Oh, God, it's awful. <laughs> there is there is a film that we watched that's under embargo until Friday. Um, but all, so all I'll say is <sighs> when Spell comes out, which is a kick. Uh, it's a it's a voodoo film with Loretta Devine. I like her. Um, and also Ed Beasley. And it's I watch it. It's coming out Friday. Watch it. That's all I can say. But watch it. <laughs> Can't really talk about it. <laughs> talk about embargo films. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, we've. I, I was just telling Brian the other night. I am so excited that we've had so many great films this year. When. Honestly, when March came, I was afraid we weren't going to get any. I was thinking, well, shit, that year is shot. Um, but we ended up actually getting a whole bunch of really good releases. To the point where I have a lot of five out of five films. Yeah, so I'm going to have a hell of a time when it comes to narrowing down in the end. There's been some goodies. I mean, I, I, I watched a few of them. Not as much as I should. Cause I, I, still, I still dwell on... What haven't I seen in the past 40 years, you know, thing, you know, because that's that's a long list, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anything else, girl? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I, I mean, we've watched more than that, but, I, you know, without boring you to tears, I wouldn't. Oh. I'm going to try to sit here and think of them. But we've had a good a, a good month of watching some fun stuff. Cool. I watched Not stuff. Charlie Brown on TV. No, that's yeah, that's a that's Asshole. a beef and a half right there, man. It's it's uh, I did watch that this morning at work though, because I I do own it, and so that's a thing. But yeah, that's a that's a uh, precursor to whatever. But no more Charlie Brown Network TV. The holiday specials are Apple TV owned, I guess. I don't even know what what that is, but um. I yeah, don't know. They're streaming exclusively on Apple Plus, and and I own it on DVD. The problem is, it's tradition to watch it on TV. Yeah. It's like it was always tradition to watch Wizard of Oz on TV, and I never wanted to own Wizard of Oz, and I do now. I don't even remember how I acquired it, but I do have it. But I never wanted to own it because I don't. I it was a very special thing to watch it. Once a year on TV. That was, I mean, I grew up with that. I never wanted that to change. And same thing with also, not just It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, but also the Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm -hmm. You know, it. those two are very important to me. I actually, <laughs> the uh, It's the Easter Beagle, Charlie Brown is one of my favorites because it's so it's so messed up. It's like they were on acid. But um, I just watch I, that anytime. I don't actually wait till Easter to watch it. I watch it all the time. I've always loved Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown, above most of them. I thought it was like the most fun one to me. You know, it's just. Um, I, I wish I'd like the Thanksgiving one because then I could have the trifecta at holiday time. <laughs> but it's I like don't. Like fuck it, I'm not going to watch your fucking Thanksgiving picture, Charlie Brown. 
That could be just, that could be a new that could be a new uh, Charlie Brown special. Fuck it, I'm not watching your Thanksgiving uh, spe- celebration, Charlie Brown. And um, <laughs> turns out uh, the kid in Trick or Treat was right. Charlie Brown is an asshole. Like, <laughs> man, he I, it just makes me angry because there are so many people who aren't who are going to be shut out of it now, and that's something that everyone wait baby cat that's something that everyone should be able to enjoy. And everyone should have the the opportunity to grow up with it, you know. It's I don't know. It just breaks my heart because I'm not paying for it. Like you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm fortunate that I own it. Good thing I do, I guess, even though I never wanted to. But because um, I was like, I'll just watch it on TV every year. Well, no hell, I won't. So I don't know. It makes me sad. Yeah, and, and and it will, you know, but um. That's the age we live in. The digital, um, it's, a, it's a digital world, I guess, that we live in, and uh, rights. And I, I hear that every every week that that James Bond movie doesn't come out, it's costing them a million dollars, which is ridiculous. But um, that's a that's a thing, you know. They don't want these movies to come to digital right away. But um, I'm, well, I'm, by the time they actually I'm, release I'm, it, then they will have lost all the money they were going to make. Oh yeah, well, you know what. You know the, the whole idea, you know, about the digital thing, and you know, it comes to, to uh, um, video on demand first, and um, it's a little goofy because you get stuff like you know, Charles World Tour, which you know, it doesn't sound like a film that I should be defending, but it's enjoyable as hell if you haven't seen it before. Um, that didn't make very much at all, considering what it could have made at the box office, and I realized COVID is a thing, and I'm sure I made a ton of money on like Blu-ray and stuff, but it's not the same thing. But I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna leave that one alone. And I <laughs> tell you some of the stuff that I watched. I've been watching a whole bunch of stuff for um for the Halloween season. Um, yesterday I watched Monster House for for the only reason I watched it because I love it, and well, two reasons. Mike White, uh, our mutual friend, had um. The director of that movie, which happened to be the director of the Poltergeist remake on his show, and he talked about the making of it, and I realized that I love it, you know, because I, I, it's, it's a wonderful piece of animation, and really dark, and has a really dark undertone of why the house is the way it is, and if you haven't seen it before, I will not give it away, but there's a real hint of sadness in there, and uh, yeah, it's it's really good still. Um, I watched um, the witches, the the new the new version of the witches, which is similar to the old version of the witches. But I I can really like both, and I'll tell you why it, it, they they replaced uh, the English you know angle of it, and they stood in Alabama in the in the sixties, I think. You know hmm. where a, a boy lost his mother and father, lives with the grandmother now, and they go stay at the hotel. And we all know what happens, happens next, you know, which is a real, they're going to turn all the kids in the world into mice. And Octavia Spencer is great as a grandmother. Um, Anne Hathaway is as good as the Grand High Witch, but I wish that she would have found her own voice instead of trying to do an imitation of Angelica Houston. That's my only real bitch about the movie, is that I wish she found her own voice instead of using the, like, the, you trying to do that voice. And, but, um... It's it's um uh co-written uh together I forget with who with who else but 
Guillermo del Toro and Robert Zemeckis uh, both co-wrote this movie with somebody else. I, I wish I had that in my, my phone right now, but I don't. Um, but Zemeckis directed it. Um, animation's real fun. The movie's real fun, and I would recommend it to anybody to watch it as a like companion piece to the one that we know and love. And you might know and love this one, too. And Stanley Tucci shows up, and that's not always a, that's never a bad thing. And, uh, no, I love Stanley Tucci. Um, what else? I, I watched a whole the whole run of Christopher Lee Dracula movies, the Hammer ones. Uh, big favorite out of that bunch is Dracula AD nineteen seventy two because it's just it's just seventies and wonderful. And there's a hippie band at the beginning of it. A guy I was watching it with my cousin's child. She's 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 thirteen, and usually she's you know, oh, it's old. This is stupid. I don't want to watch this. But she was into it. I was like, we're going to keep on watching this then. I was like, watch out for that guy with the sideburns and the frilly shirt. You know he's up to something. And, and wouldn't you know it, you know, there's always a theme of these movies. And Taste of Blood of Dracula had a similar, similar theme to where somebody stole a Dracula's remains and they resurrected them that way. But what, what trumps um, Taste of Blood of Dracula over the other one is that the guy that stole is a wonderful ghetto movie he did. The actor that plays Mr. Salt and Willy Wonka sees Dracula dying and steals his clothes, his ring, his ashes, and his blood. And if that ain't a ghetto move, I don't know what is, man. It's just, uh, <laughs> and then sells it on the black market to rich Satanists. It's just like, yeah, this guy, Mr. Salt's got, it's a baller move right there. And, um, it's wonderful. Uh, I had an, uh, this stupid idea to watch a bunch of movies with the word, with the word blood in the title to try to do a, like a 31 Days of Halloween thing that way. And it just disheartened me to not do a 31 Days of Halloween because some of them are really terrible. Um, like Blood Beach is, is not a good movie. It's a great VHS cover, but the movie itself is really stupid. And when you find out what's eating the people that's underneath the, underneath the sand... It reminds well, this came out before Return of uh, Empire Strikes Back, so I, I'd imagine that they they saw George Lucas saw Blood Beach and said, uh, "No, I mean, I mean Return of the Jedi. I mean, uh, I'm so sorry, nerds. I, I had you know the the Sarlacc uh, messed up here, but it looked like that the Sarlacc for from Return of the Jedi was under the sand eating people, including an old woman and a dog, and that's always funny and uh." You don't see the dog getting get eaten, but it's 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 really goofy and whatever. But yeah, I watched a whole bunch of stuff. So I, I won't I won't go deep diving into it, but a lot of rewatches, a lot of stuff I haven't seen, like the original Fly trilogy, which is I I really liked it. You know, is each one is a little bit different, and it's um it's there, Tenebrae stuff like that. I still have more to watch and um that I haven't gotten to, but. That's what these next few days are for, and uh, we all have our traditions, and I, I think I know a couple of years, but I'm not 100% sure, but I always watch Halloween 3, already Halloween film on Halloween day, because um, this is what you do. You need, the, you need the, the Irish pagans to show you the way, and <laughs> Stonehenge, yo, come on now, you know. <laughs> Spoilers, bro! Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just don't take a piece of that and put it in a mask. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, you know, play with it with a bobby pin and, you know. <laughs> Get shot in the face. 
It shot the face, man. Oh my gosh. But yeah, uh, we're here tonight. Uh, I'm going to skip that beef segment because I, I, I don't want to do it. Like I said, unless you really got something that's bugging you, girl. You got something that's bugging you? Uh, we already beefed about the uh, Charlie Brown thing. Yeah. And that's actually Halloween related. So mm-hmm. I guess that's good enough. I don't really, nah, nothing else is really. Here's my thing. I'm not letting things bother me there you anymore. Go. You know, I took a break from social media for several months. And I eventually came back because there are a lot of things I do like about it that I missed, but with a completely different mindset, I just, things don't bother me anymore. I don't get angry. I don't care. I just, if I, if it's something I don't like, I just scroll on by and my life is so much nicer now. It's just, uh, but all I needed to do was reset my outlook. So I dipped out for a couple months and then when I came back, everything's great. Everything's fine. Mm. I'm just paying attention to what I enjoy and what makes me laugh and you know it, it doesn't dis- about anything else. It disheartened you a little bit, babe, and I was kinda I was kinda sad at the same time for you. It disheartened you so bad and you know, I, I let stuff get me upset but I d I don't dwell on it, you know, but if I, if I had to pick one one thing to be fun yeah, I'm glad you're t- you're all taking your democratic right to go vote early. I I don't give a fuck who you voted for. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Yeah, you know, um, I'm actually voting on the day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, me me too. But you know, that's I'm not in a big um, rush to get there. But yeah, and you know what? I don't care who anybody voted for. You know why? It's none of my goddamn business. That's precisely. why. Precisely. Yeah. That I there's mean, a I... reason that voting is by secret ballot. It's none of my business who anyone else votes for, and it's none of anyone's business who I vote for. And they don't get to know because it's not their business. And if someone wants to judge me, they'll just have to judge me on the way I treat them. You know, sorry. You know, you don't get to vote me to judge me on my politics because I keep that shit to myself. And. You know, I was taught that, you know, when I was growing up, my dad, we took voting very seriously. It was a it was a big rite of passage for me when it was time for me to vote for the first time. I've always been excited about it. And even all these years later, I'm still excited about it when I get to go. And my dad always said, he's like, look, he's like, don't tell me who you're voting for. It's none of my business. Like, so we didn't even talk about it in our own house. Because it was it was frowned upon, like like it should yeah. be. Because let me let me tell you, there especially in this socio political climate, you know, with you know everybody's ups, everybody's upset about something, you know, it's better to keep it to yourself. If you're gonna vote for Mickey Mouse, keep it to yourself because you know what, you you keep a lot more friends that way. And I've noticed a lot of, a lot of our friends, you know, get getting the tiffs over political stuff. I put my foot in my mouth about political stuff. I mean, with uh, with mutual with mutual friends, and I have overtly apologized to those people because you know what, I I'm I'm your typical dumb American who's unlearned most stuff about government that I've ever learned. So it's just it's it's one of those things okay. where I don't keep a socio political mind. I just my, my bullshit meter works very well though. Let's put it that way. I can second smell it. I can smell it, it coming. You know. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't need to know who people voted for to figure out whether or not they're a good person and someone I hang ar- and someone I wish to hang around. I I judge people the old-fashioned way by how they treat me and how they treat others. I pay attention to that. And if you're a good person, 
then that's all I care about. You know, it's it's it doesn't matter. And there are people on both sides who are very just hard headed about that and who are just like, if you know, if you don't basically if you don't vote the way I do, then we can't associate. Well, that's stupid. If you didn't know how they voted, you wouldn't care. Exactly. You know, if if you were ne- if you never discussed politics, you would never know. And the, the the truth of of the world is that you're going to have to deal with people that you don't align with. That's just the way it is. You know, you're, whether it is in business or their family members or whatever. Po- podcasting world, you know. Sure, I mean you're. I'm not, I'm not gonna. To. I'm not going to name names, but there's been drama lately, y'all, is all I'm going to say about that one, you know. Uh, so well, some, the, some, some I've dipped my toes into, and I regret it immediately, so. It, it's, uh, <laughs> well, it, it's just, um, you know, there's a reason that the rule used to be, the social rule used to be, you don't discuss children, you don't discuss religion, and you don't discuss politics. How about ugly children? Can you discuss ugly children? I know? mean, privately, sure. But uh, <laughs> you, you're not supposed to tell somebody their children are ugly. But you, you keep that shit out of the conversation because it's going to divide. And that's why I blame social media on the whole for dividing this country. Back when we didn't know what anybody was doing every second of their goddamn day, then no one was fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, but now that we feel we have to share everything all the time, it's all it's always a point of contention. And I really don't care. Like, I don't want to hear it. Like, I don't give a shit what your politics are. You know, I know what I know what I feel is right. And I I try not to pe- to treat people like assholes. That's that's uh, really all I care about. And beyond that, I don't care. It, it's just and that's the mindset that because I would get angry mainly because I would see people shutting people out of their lives that up until they found out um you know which way they swing voting wise they got along with very well they liked them quite a bit mm-hmm. and then they find out that one little thing and i got to tell you there are a lot of reasons that people have for voting for whomever they choose to vote for it's it's not black and white it's not cut and dry there are a lot of reasons and frankly none of them are anyone else's business yeah I mean, I, I had a conversation with my my friend, my friend who's my little brother who I've known a lot of years, and not my actual brother, but I treat him like my little brother. Um, so I call his mother mom all the time. She's had a hip replacement, and she's she she's the Trump person, you know, and the the person that's supposed to be helping her, you know, every other day, you know, do you need a, your, your bedding changed, all that stuff that happens when you need help after hip replacement. Almost refuses to help her because of the way she thinks. And I, I told her flat out, I was like, he's like, we don't agree on a lot of things, you know, religion, you know, because she, she's, a, she's a, a, a Christian. I am not. I mean, she believes that way. I do not. My mother had a lot of these problems too, where she would, you know, overly talk about gay people sometimes, like in, in a negative way. I was like, well, I got friends that are like that, so I don't believe the way you do. So just, but leave it be. Okay. You know, and I'll leave it at that, you know, and, uh, it's just, I, I I come from a long line of people that, that you know you can't please everybody, and I don't aim to please everybody. I just hope you guys uh you know like me for who I am or mm-hmm. tell me tell me if I suck. You know, please I, I I would love to hear that. I mean, some of these feedback these podcasters get, I would love to just respond to some of it. Like yeah, okay, you know that, that's 
that's how you feel, bro. But um, I'm, I'm gonna leave that here. I'm I'm, I'm gonna let that rest. I'm gonna let it let it settle. <laughs> like a, let, I'm gonna let it settle like a fine piece of pork, guys. And uh, tell you what we're doing tonight. We're um, we're doing two films in which uh, hauntings are involved in a house of um, trying trying to get these people out. To, well, in one case, trying to uh, find a, a hidden treasure uh, in in a way. And both are very fun. First up being uh, the Abbott and Costello film, Hold That Ghost, from 1941. And uh, going decades and decades later, four decades, in fact, plus uh, Beetlejuice from 1988, I think it is. Yeah, that sounds about right. If I'm wrong, I'll look it up, but whatever. You guys know that film. Uh, We'll talk about that film after we talk about Hold That Ghost. Here's the trailer. I sigh, I cry, why it's just a bit of heaven, when my baby, when my baby smiles at me. You're a sweetheart in a million, ooh, be my aurora. I mean, at least you feel a little more comfortable and safe when I'm around. Doctor, when I have to turn to you for protection, I'll... Did you slap me? Uh Uh-uh. Did you slap me? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. That goes from 1941, uh, starring, the, of course, the great comedy duo Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Um, your plot synopsis is this. After inheriting a fortune from a gangster, two dim-witted service station attendants find themselves stranded in a haunted house. Um, yeah, this has some other some other names you might know, including Shemp Howard is in this movie for uh, a hot second. I thought that was him, and here it is uh, on, on the page here. It's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, this movie's a lot of fun, and um, I had never seen it before. I've I, I, I always been recommended to watch it. And this uh, director, Arthur Lubin, is the the guy who brought you the 1943 Phantom of the Opera, the Incredible Mr. Limpet, which I've always loved, and uh, that's all I really recognize right now. But Mr. Limpet, that was like a uh, that oh, was a I big loved, one for me. I love Don Knotts. I've always loved Don Knotts. He's the coolest. Oh my gosh. But, um, yeah, it's a serial mom thing, whatever. Here we are. Hold that ghost. Uh, Jane, was his first time watch for you? And what do you think about it? It was. I am a big Abbott and Costello fan. And somehow I have never watched this one. So much so that before I realized you had sent... Hold that ghost from 1941. Uh, starting, the, of course, the great comedy duo, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Um, your plot synopsis is this. 
After inheriting a fortune from a gangster, two dim-witted service station attendants find themselves stranded in a haunted house. Um, this has some other some other names you might know, including Shemp Howard is in this movie for uh, a hot second. I thought that was him, and here it is uh, on on the page here. It's a uh, it's amazing. Uh, this movie's a lot of fun, and um, I'd never seen it before. I, I, I've always been recommended to watch it. This uh, director, Arthur Lubin, is the, the guy who brought you the 1943 Phantom of the Opera, The Incredible Mr. Limpet, which I've always loved, and uh, that's all I really recognize right now, but Mr. Limpet, that was like a, uh, that oh, was a I big loved, one for me. I love Don Knotts. I've always loved Don Knotts. He's the coolest. Oh my gosh. But um, yeah, it's a serial mom thing, whatever. Here we are. Hold that ghost. Uh, Jane, was his first time watch for you, and what do you think about it? It was. I am a big Abbott and Costello fan. And somehow I have never watched this one. So much so that before I realized you had sent you had sent me to w- a way to watch it, I reached out to Alex. I was like, hey, do you have Hold That Ghost? Because he is also a big Abbott and Costello fan. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, never mind. I figured it out. But I had never seen it. And I'm glad that I did. Not only, not only do I love Abbott and Costello, but I love Evelyn Anchors, uh, who... Most people will know her from The Wolfman, also 1941. Oh, yes. And I love, love the Andrews sisters. I wanted to be them so bad when I was growing up. Well, not all three of them. But I always wanted to. This is so dumb. I know. But I always wanted to be a nightclub singer. And I I love music from the 40s. I actually love style from the 40s. So they were big heroes of mine when I was a little kid. It was, um, I would just listen to the Andrews sisters all the time. My grandmother had some of their records and sorry. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. <laughs> oh my God. And, um, yeah, that was my dream. I never did it, but this was a, basically, it's like, this was made for me, you know, it's about a haunted house, and I love old dark house movies. And well, you know, it's a haunted house. It's got Abbott and Costello, and I gotta tell you, like I, I quoted one of their jokes on my timeline earlier tonight, and you commented after it that you know, for being an eighty-year-old joke, it still hits really well, and it does. And that's the thing is, I was laughing out loud through the through the whole movie. And it just it just cracks me up. And it's funny that you uh, mentioned Shemp because I felt that Frank was use, was doing a lot of what seemed like Curly <clears throat> throughout this movie. There was a lot of Frank in there, too. But occasionally he would do things like little mannerisms and the way he that he spoke. And I'm like, God, he sounds just like Curly. So I thought that was funny. But. Yeah, overall, I had a hell of a time with this. I thought it was really fun and very funny. And I encourage people to watch that. I mean, if you are not familiar with Abbott and Costello at all, you should probably fix that. Because particularly their meat movies, like, you know, Meet Frankenstein, Meet the Wolfman, Meet whatever. (laughs) Those are great. And favorites. And we actually did a whole series of those reviews on the Skeleton Crew. But this was fun stuff. Yeah, I, I've never seen it before either, but um, I, I 
I've seen the ones you, you mentioned, uh, Frankenstein and all that stuff. I never watched your other ones, but I understand there's a big Blu-ray box set that that Shout Select put out of all their all their movies. So I guess we're worth diving into eventually. I haven't seen all any of them, so I'm playing a lot of shows here tonight. But I think this film, you know, being from '41 and in Scooby-Doo, which came out in the '60s, stuff like that owes a lot to films like this because. It's not like, you know, the films we have today where everything is a, a CG jump scare. The, the haunting in this film, it involves a lot of fun things like secret passageways and like hands coming out of openings, you know, throwing knives or, or grabbing and choking somebody. It's, it's, not, it's, 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 it's not like uh, what we have today, obviously, but a lot, a lot, if, if you like Scooby-Doo, you get a lot of those gags like that in this movie, but again, this came 20 years before Scooby-Doo or more, and I think it owes a lot to it. Um, physical comedy it has always been uh, something I have, I've loved, and there's there's a plenty of that in here. Even even something as stupid as the, the dicky that rolls up uh, makes you laugh every time, because it's such a simple gag, and yeah, it, it, it's great. And oh, who put that there? Huh? <laughs> yeah. At the end with the money. Who put yeah, that yeah, there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and of course, they owe the Three Stooges a lot. Yeah. Um, but so it was really no accident, I guess, that he was doing a lot of that. But they kind of made the this kind of comedy their own. I love the Three Stooges as well. But they never did like like a meat monsters thing. And those were always my favorite Abbott and Costello's. Cause I think when you pair that sort of screwball comedy with the universal monsters, it just makes it extra fun, you know, cause it's a nice just juxtaposition. And I love watching Frank get so scared because he's mm-hmm. like, like home, 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 home. Uh, the only thing I don't like is that he gets slapped a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of hate that because he doesn't deserve it. But what are you gonna do? That was the that's the way it was, you know. I mean, Mo beat the shit out of the other two. And that's, so. and that's, that's comedy that's carried on throughout the years, you know. That the fat guy getting slapped around constantly, because I mean, I mean, most most of Chris Farley's shtick had to, had he had, he had to watch a lot of this stuff back in the day, you know. And I I, I can appreciate that, and I can appreciate the simplicity of this movie. I mean, it's just. Real simple gag, like I said, like a, a candlestick moving or, you know, glowing eyes in the distance or, you know, re- really, again, real simple. If you like Scooby-Doo, y- you're going to love this movie because this this is where a lot of it came from. And I, 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 I can appreciate that, you know, n- knowing your roots is a very important thing. And this is a. Uh, Scooby-Doo stuff like that is deeply rooted in this in a movie like this, and like you said, the Andrews sisters, which are is a name I've heard before, and uh, I, I really, I it's it's really hard to harmonize, you know, now of course because they have it all on machine, but right. these these ladies had to work their ass off to harmonize, obviously, and it sounded beautiful together. And um, oh, they were fantastic! They were always fantastic, you know. It's like uh, they did. Um, like uh, the Boogie Wiggy Bugle Boy. Oh, yeah. And uh, the Chattanooga Choo Choo. And one of my personal favorites of theirs is Rum and Coca-Cola. Oh, nice. <clears throat> they, um, 
they just, I don't know, they were great. They had a great energy about them, you know, and you couldn't help but like clap along and or snap along and just get into it. Like they were so uh, just infectious and energetic. I loved it. But that's why I loved things about the, the 40s anyway. You know, when um, the, the boogie wheat was really popular and it just, you couldn't, you just couldn't sit by. You know, you had to get out there and swing. So it's fun stuff. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'll tell you. Ah, forget that noise. Another thing I enjoyed, another performer in this film they they they, they showcase in, in the credits is uh, this guy Ted Lewis, and I love I love the the gag he did, the performance he did with the the the, the young black uh, actor in the film, the the, the shadow song, and the and the, the, the movements were were on point. It's a real small part of this movie, but this is stuff that I enjoy. Um, but as far as uh, the film goes, yeah, the plot is really simple. And uh, these two guys who can't hold a job uh, fall fall into this tiff with, with a gangster. Gangster gets killed, so they in, in, inherit a house uh, for, from him, which is a, he he's known to have this massive fortune hidden somewhere. And uh, the whole the whole gist of this movie is that it's not a ghost at all. It's these gangsters that are inhabiting the house, looking for this fortune that they end up finding in the end so they could, you know, open up their own, you know, boogie woogie club. Yeah. The, their own boom, boom room, as Eddie Murphy said, in the movie life, you know, that's a, uh, and it's just, it's just a lot of fun. And I, I would recommend it to anybody. And I was surprised for being a film from 1941, the length of it is, it's almost an hour and a half and it, none, none of it's wasted. So that there's, there's that. And, uh, I uh I, I dug it quite a bit and I would watch it again. Um, anything else you want to say about the film, Jamie? And what would you give it one to ten? Um, I don't guess so. I would probably give this a seven out of ten. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. You know, like it's, it gets rude in a lot of stuff, like I mentioned before, and it's 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 a it's about it's about seven out of ten. I I I see you could do a lot worse in this movie, put it that way, but uh. <laughs> Well, we're going to move on from here on to uh, uh, a heavy hitter, as as some folks would say, and a lot of folks would say it, uh, being Beetlejuice from 1988, and we'll get to that right to the trailer. From the director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Adam and Barbara are... Ghosts. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? Their house is being haunted by the living. Maybe the house could use a little remodeling. And they can't scare them into leaving. They're dead. It's a little late to be neurotic. So they're calling on Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Who's no ordinary ghost. Yeah! You don't want his help. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? Now, the party's over. He wants somebody out of the house. I want to get somebody out of your house. <laughs> but the fun has just begun. It's showtime. Oh, 
he's guaranteed to put some life Attention, keyboard shoppers. in your afterlife. Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice. I'm the ghost with the most, babe. Uh, Beetlejuice from 1988, uh, of course, starring the great Michael Keaton in the title role, Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, uh, the amazing Catherine O'Hara, Jeffrey Jones, Glenn Shaddix, uh, Winona Ryder, of course, um, so <laughs> Robert Goulet, uh, yes, he's in this film as well, but um, if you've ever seen the film before and where have you been, um, the plot synopsis is the spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable, funny family. I'm sorry, funny. That's a word uh, that has moved into their home and hire a, a malicious spirit to drive them out. Um, 7.5 IMDb. You guys are sleeping on that one, bitch. Uh, directed by Tim Burton. Of course, uh, scored by Danny Elfman because they go hand in hand at this point. This this is a fun movie, and uh, I love it. I'm sure Jamie loves it, but I'll I'll, uh, I'll push it because I work with much smarter individuals than myself. And as Jamie, uh, what do you think of Beetlejuice? I really need to ask. You know, just lay it on us, girl. Well, the funny thing is about this film is that the weekend that it came out, the first time I saw it, I did not like it. I just I was bored. I didn't like it, but I ended up watching it. Three separate times over that weekend with different people. By the end of the weekend, I loved it. You know, so I guess I just had to watch it three times. And then it became a film that my friends and I would watch on a regular basis. This is an old favorite. I can quote it. I love it. It's not my favorite Tim Burton, um, which I know it is a lot of people's, but it's not mine, but... It's right up there. It's pretty close. My favorite is actually Sleepy Hollow, which I think is a completely perfect film. I think there's nothing wrong with that film. It's Uh, pretty good. It's pretty good. Beetlejuice is really good, but there are times where it kind of drags a little bit for me. Uh, Only, I mean, and I mean very briefly, but when Otho is doing the... The scene, you know, where the... and, And then Beetlejuice pops up with the carnival stuff... Eh, I mean, I don't know. It, that's not something that has ever overly excited me. But there are a lot of things I love about it. And uh, I love <clears throat> I love Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin together. I think they have an adorable relationship. And I always wanted a relationship like that. I got it. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I don't know. I, love, I know everyone loves Winona Ryder. I was never a big Winona Ryder fan in general. Like, I just, she was fine, but I never really cared that much for her. <clears throat> to me, she was just here in this film. I didn't really think that much of her. She was not my favorite part. Um, I'm wrong about that one. I, I do agree on that, that aspect of this. That she's oh, wow. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I you're mean, not wrong. Uh, Delia, I love, but I love Catherine O'Hara. So that probably helps. The whole, the cast overall of this is is fantastic. I love the dinner scene with the shrimp cocktail that goes bad. The <laughs> and I wanted that house when they got finished, 
when they got finished with the outside of the house, I didn't really care for the inside as much, but uh, when they redecorated the outside and they had that cool porch that was attached to the house and had like, I like an open porch. I loved that. Uh, nowadays, you know, being as old as I am, I would restore it to its original state and I would, that's what I would want to do. But as a kid, you know, I was 14 when this came out. I thought that was badass. <clears throat> so I know a lot, a lot of fun stuff about it. I, I, little things about this movie just make me very happy. Just like when, um, when he goes down to the hardware store to get some supplies, and he, you know, s- says hi to the barber, and then the barber just keeps on talking, you know. And then yeah, you know he comes yeah. out and he's finishing his sentence. Um, he had hair down to his shoulders. He said, well, just, I, give, "Just give it a trim, just, you just, know. Just, just trim it a little." Well, I took those you know and it's just i don't know it's great it means nothing as far as the film is concerned but it's it's just a great moment and um oh man jeffrey jones that is a man that i know he did some bad things but i can't help it i love his movies i i love him in movies i think he is just fantastic and he spent a lot of time in powdered wigs but um I think he was great in those roles too. It, and it makes me sad, you know, but it's kind of like Kevin Spacey, you know, I, I'm not going to divorce myself from their film roles just because, you know, things were found out about them. Like that doesn't, that doesn't change. That doesn't change the film entertaining me, you know, and I'm not hurting anyone, but myself, if I were to throw it out because they got my money for that decades ago. Although it's really uncomfortable to watch American Beauty now. So I'll say about that sometimes. Well, I think so, you actually said that when we watched it when we were in our A's. And I want to mm-hmm. say you commented that. Somebody did. Yeah. It really wasn't for me. It didn't bother me at all. But uh, because I like that character. I feel mm-hmm. bad for that character. And I think he he was a good guy. you know. And so that's the way I look at film. When I watch films, I the characters. Because... The characters are not the actors. Those are two different things. And, you know, besides, there could be, we have no idea, maybe one of the best boys or the grip could, you know, be a child murderer or something. Could be. We have no idea, you know, what goes on behind the scenes until we find out about it, you know. And if that stuff never comes to light, then you never know. But I still don't believe and say, well, now I can't watch that movie anymore. No, no, that's not a thing that I do. So that's like, that's like turning our Ferris Bueller or something, you know? It, yeah, it's, uh, no, it, it, absolutely him, not. Him screaming at Edie McClurg is hilarious still. Grace, you know, so good. And I love him in Sleepy Hollow too. Oh, and in uh, Ravenous. Holy Ravenous. crap. Very good. You know, hell, I'll even watch him in Howard the Duck. So, oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, you, just, know how, you know how I feel about the duck, babe. So, you, 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 you <laughs> preach to the choir here, okay? You know. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously that has little to do with the film. But I just, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just babbling. But It's okay. But I do love the movie quite a bit. It was very important to me when I was my in my teens. And I quote it all the way through when I watch it now. And I always have a really good time. Cool. Yeah, I, I dig it, and um, 
like like you guys said, like you said, you know, Gina Davis and and Alec Baldwin's relationship are, is charming as hell. You you can almost tell that he's he's you know priming up to get a little more doughier because there's a part of the movie where he 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 he's uh got his head taken off and he bumps into the to to to, to the um the banister I think he bumps into and he's kind of doughy at that point but um it's 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 pretty great the gag the gags they pick to try to scare the deets is 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 wonderful but they're just too goddamn wholesome to, to pull it off and. It's um, I love the greens in this movie. I know you're not really big on the greens, but they really work really well in this movie. Well, at this time period, they weren't misused. You know, I, I I'm actually okay with them here. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 underworld stuff is really fun. Yeah, and that's he used it for a reason. It wasn't just because he thought it looked cool. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a reason he was trying to differentiate the different places, and and I'm okay with that. Uh, I love love the waiting room. And all the people who were there, the way they died. Uh, When you go behind the scenes and you see the guy, (laughs) the flattened guy, um, and he gets whoop right through the the filing place. So good. That stuff is so great. It's so creative and inventive. And there's not one single sign of a Johnny Depp in a funny hat anywhere. No. One thing I noticed this time around that I didn't know. Again, you notice little stuff that you never noticed before. As uh, Juno's character, she's a smoker in the movie, and I ever noticed when she was fading away, you know, in in the movie, that you seen the smoke the smoke coming out out of the hole in her throat. Yeah, <laughs> I never noticed that till this time around. It it's always fun to catch little things that you never noticed before, and I'm sure there's more stuff in here that that I totally missed. And um, yeah, the deeds themselves, like you mentioned, Captain O'Hara is is, is always she's always hilarious, and she's uh, you know white and artsy in this movie and she doesn't want to be where she is so she's going to make it make it her own and 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 in a way you know mr deets is like the classic trophy husband because he he has that one room that's his and he still has it in the end of the movie but the rest of the house is totally different and well till the end of the movie to to where there looks like they're remodeling everything to go back the way it was but um I, i I, I, I dig their relationship and the, the vibe and Otho just that's that's Glenn Shaddix every time though just acting acting the fool and this time he's into the occult and I I love the the conversation that he has with the, I think his his girlfriend at the dinner party mm-hmm. uh, about like she tried to commit suicide ironically or something and just it's like a, <laughs> it's he's so wrong to her man but she she she's almost out of his league. But um, that's um. Of course, everybody knows that the you know the the, the Harry Belafonte stuff, and that's throughout the movie actually, because you get a couple, a few Harry Belafonte songs in this movie, and the dinner the dinner scene is the the most iconic one, you know, the Deo stuff, and that's uh that's always fun to watch. And Michael Keaton, uh, his favorite role ever, according to him, is, is this role, and he's well, having he fun. He had a ball with it. I imagine he's, it would be. He's having fun doing it for sure. Uh, like I said, memorable lines, so many of them, you know. And um, it's just they're all over the place. I don't need to quote them. You guys have seen the film many, many times, but in, uh, I've seen Beetlejuice, you know, 137 times or it is, and it keeps getting funnier every time I see it because it's, <laughs> it's, it's there. And 
He's just having I love a ball. The model. Oh yeah. I love the uh, the whorehouse that Juno puts in the model. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, the whorehouse is uh is great, and um, yeah, like you said, Lydia, uh, when I went on a rider is probably she's a lot more fun on the cartoon series, which I watched a ton of back in the day, and they gave her they gave her a lot more to do on there, I think, than just kind of hang around and be be dreary and i'm 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 the first you know emo girl there ever was in a, in a film like this blah 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 my whole life is a dark room shut the fuck up that's that kind of girl you want to pinch for no reason at all it's like <laughs> no well yeah i'm not really a fan of emos who have to announce that they're emo mm-hmm. um you know who revel in it uh, like well then you're kind of not are you because you got to make sure you tell everybody about it, you know. Plus, you know, she <laughs> um, she writes that note and her handwriting is terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, oh, wait, no, maybe I'm thinking of her and Heather's. No, she does write a note in this movie. She she writes a okay. suicide note. And That's what I thought, but. She, she's so pretentious, she can't, she can't decide on the words that she wants to use. She keeps scratching them out and. Yeah, um, she's so violent when she's writing. Like it just it oh, you know, it's that kind of writing that impresses through to the next page, and that always bothered me. Um mm-hmm. I just never like so when you pick it up, it's gonna be all stiff. Um but I was thinking about uh, Veronica when because uh, I was thinking about that damn monocle. Yeah. She, Does she, she, she ever play anything but pretentious assholes? Like <laughs> Oh, no. Well, there's always <laughs> Lucas, you know, she was not that way in oh, that movie. Yeah, that's but, you true. Know. Yeah, not many other things, though, where she's not really acting that way. Except I that guess really, maybe uh, Edward's really, sister's hands, but I didn't yeah. really care for her than that either. Oh, come on, you know. I I, I, I was supposed to meet Anthony Michael Hall in, in a few weeks at a convention, but that's not happening now. But I, I, I wanted to tell him so bad, there's only one thing I didn't like you because they, they they made you the jerk, and that was Edward Scissorhands. You know, come on now. It's, 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 he didn't play a jerk in many things, but um, that that movie and, you know, Niagara Falls. Another one of those films I got to watch by myself is Edward Scissorhands because uh, it, it'll it'll fuck you up, son, in certain parts. And uh, <laughs> Oh, gosh. But, Remember um, when he came back, uh, like when he came back in Beetlejuice, and he'd been gone for a while. And the last time we saw him, he was like a little skinny Anthony Michael Hall. And then, like, he hit puberty when he was away from movies. And then he came back, and you're like, what the hell? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what happened to him? And then, uh, you know, he did things like Freddie got fingered. And <laughs> oh, yes. I was like, wow. It was so weird. It was so weird because all my life, I knew Anthony Michael Hall is this cute little shy or goofy little skinny teenager dude you know and seeing him all bulked up was just weird it took me a while to get used to it that that was actually him like this say this ain't six pack anthony michael hall anymore come on no he actually has a six pack now so it's kind of ironic that he was in six pack see yeah <laughs> there you go that's there funny go. that's 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 a good one see um but yeah it's 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 a fun it's a fun movie and i, I can tell you guys that you know why you should like it because most of you guys know why you like it. There's parts in it. There's a lot of gags in it, and um, I, I I like the, the the carnival thing at the end. It, it's really silly, but some of the stuff 
holds up really well. Like like the the Beetlejuice snake looks really good still. And I love I love stop motion. So uh Mr. Burton's a man after my own heart with some of the stuff in this movie. And uh they I love how they never really explain why the sandworms are there. They're just used in the finale like nobody's business because mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really fun. And um yeah, just a lot of physical comedy for from 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 Michael Keaton and sometimes the other ones too but a lot of him just just having fun with the role and that's that's really what you come for at the end of the day is michael keaton just just throwing himself into this this monster role and having a great time with it and um that elfin score which has been used in about 50 trailers by now he's got to be getting residuals somewhere uh, <laughs> yeah not Come not my daughter chuck oh <laughs> so good um, not my favorite Elfman score of all time. And I mean, I, I like Elfman scores in, in pieces. Like there, there's certain points of the Batman score that still, that still get me going that, uh, the, the part in Batman where he's taking Vicky Bale to the Batcave, that overture still gets me going every time, but I, I can't say that about any other Elfman music. Cause after a while, they all start to sound the same. Every Burton film, he throws himself something together that kind of sounds just like the last one he put together for him. There was something I was watching the other day, and I can't remember what it was now, but it surprised me that it was an Elfman score because it sounded like Jerry Goldsmith. And I was like, and we had just watched a film that earlier that day that Jerry Goldsmith had scored. And I was like, oh, that's funny. You know, we in, we unintentionally did a Goldsmith double feature, you know, and when I looked it up, it wasn't him at all. It was it was Elfman. And I'm like, what? Like, they don't, they have not at all the same style. But I don't remember what it was, but it blew my mind. I wish it's, I did know. It's amazing that they had the, like, these new wave, like, punk type bands. You know, two, two, two you know, front men. You know, Mark's, Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo and Danny Elfman from Boingo Boingo do so many scores from films that... We mostly love, I think, because it, it, it's just if you look at the, what they've done, it. I'm not saying it surpasses their their musical outlet, but they it definitely you know dwarfs it a little bit because they've done so many so much music yeah. for films. I'm Oingo Boingo for life, but you're right. Uh, some of the some of the the film scores they've done have a higher profile than the music that they did in the bands. But uh, there's also Trent Reznor. I yeah. mean. Look what he did. He's done so many great things. And I I mean, I actually have a lot of respect for him because he has just he has made it, you know, mm. like he killed it. And I loved Nine Inch Nails. But when he started working in film, it just he's very talented and not only scores, but at collecting songs for films, you know, mm. like putting the whole soundtrack together. Are you, are, really are you one? Are you one of the? Are you one of those Queen of the Damned people, Jamie? I just need to know that now. You said that's uh, Queen of the Damned. Yeah. No, I've seen it once, and <laughs> I, I think it shows. I, I'm actually kind of surprised that they even put it out, um, because it shows that that movie had a lot of problems. <laughs> one of them being the the lead, the actual queen, um, unfortunately, uh, not making it, but. And that's a shame because she was so young. Yeah, talented, you know. 
misguided at certain points of her career, you know, but there's, there's that and not, not yeah. so much the acting stuff, but you know, R. Kelly's not good for anybody. So there, there there's yeah. that. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't, uh, yeah, I just, I feel really bad that things ended for her the way they did, but I'm not, no, I've seen it once. I never cared to see it again. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta say, uh, if, if you're a 4k person and I, I became a believer long ago, they just put out a 4k of this movie and the greens are so green and you can see the shine on Gina Davis's lipstick and the opening of the film. It is a beautiful transfer. So if you're thinking about investing in it, I, I would highly recommend it because it looks great and you know, it's a very colorful film. So it, 4k only helps that kind of thing. And, uh, nice. it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's it looks really good. And, um, I thought you said you were a believer, and I was like, I, I am that about you. Oh well, yeah, that guy too. You know, that guy's uh, <laughs> he's a talented, you know, guy who leaves monkeys in random countries. You know, that's great. <laughs> that makes me sad about the monkeys because well, you know, I've, I've always wanted one, and he he lost like three of them that way, and I was like, fucking motherfucker, you know. I I I'll come, I'll come to Jamie's house one day with my monkey friend. Like, who's that? Oh, you know, what's up? You know. <laughs> I'll be like, is that Justin Bieber? <laughs> sure, that's 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 what I named him. Come on now. <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, uh, Beetlejuice. Anything else like to say about the film, Jamie? Or would you give it one to ten? Uh, I don't guess there's really much more to say. It we've pretty much said it. It was a once I actually got to where I enjoyed it. By the end of that weekend, it never stopped, and it's a film that. I love to watch. So I'm going to say it's a nine out of 10. Cool. Yeah. I'm right there with you. You know, like you say, Lydia, you know, she's like, she's like the Thora Birch of this movie. She kind of brings it down a little bit to, to, to that one point. Oh my God. Uh, thank you for that. I don't like her either. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else? I, and this is so random. Um, is Robin Tunney. That girl. I just, every time I watch her, I'm like, open your mouth. Like she will not open her mouth when she talks, and it drives me nuts. And I was that scene on the beach and in the craft when she's like, you know, hail to the I forget what she says the the, the oh hail to the guardians of the watchtowers of the north. And I'm like, oh my god, you know, are you gonna fall asleep? And then <laughs> what are you doing? I just I am not a fan. She not does say. She does have one mode, and now that you bring it up, yeah, yeah, not now I can picture it in my brain that she has one one mode, and that's that's all she has. I guess this is why she hasn't acted very much, so she's got that one that one thing. I know a lot of people really like her. I just don't get it. Uh, but see, I also I wish Jennifer Jason Lee would open her mouth when she talks. Mm-hmm. There are some roles that I like her in, but I just overall I'm like, open your mouth. Like that just really bothers me when people grit their teeth when they're delivering lines. I'm like, stop it, you know. <laughs> but uh, Thora Birch just has zero personality that I've ever seen. Um, I was just Whoa. like a damn dick rag. One day, I keep teasing it. We're going to do that Thor Birch hatred show one day. We're going to do Ghost World, and we're going to do American Beauty. Because uh, let me tell you, that, that girl needs to get punched real, real hard, you know? <laughs> real hard, man. Yeah. Beetlejuice is great. I don't need to tell you guys this, but yeah, it's 9 out of 10. And uh, you guys should watch it if you haven't seen it. We didn't spoil a whole lot about it because a lot of folks who listen to this have seen it. So if you haven't seen Beetlejuice... 
go go crawl from underneath your rock and go go find it. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. But um, yeah. Sorry if I offended under the rock people. I don't want to offend anybody. If that's where you live. <laughs> but um, it seems like a nice, damp yet cool place to live. But um, after this, uh, uh and and for further rock people, we're gonna come back and close out the show. Yeah. Hey, hey, guys, 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 calm down, guys, calm down. I'm trying to record something. You heard here. the man. Zip it. Go ahead, Skippy. It's all yours. I appreciate that. Hey, all you podcast listeners out there, looking for something crazy to listen to? Well, look no further, because it doesn't get any weirder than this show. Hey, what do you mean weird? I'll bust your f***ing skull. But I wasn't talking about you, Louie. I was talking about this show, Rad Movie-Rama. I heard that show was dangerous. Yeah, man, I heard that show was hot. Let, let me take it, Skippy. Uh, what this show is is about uh, us... Looking at movies that are really quite terrible. Come on, man. I I love these movies. These are some of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I like them too because they're going to squeeze somebody's brain out. From 70s grindhouse drive-in classics to VHS explosion of the 80s and the birth of cable TV. It's kind of all covered right here at... Red Movie Rama. You can find Rad Movie Rama and all the voices in my head at uh, Legion Podcast or iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or YouTube. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, yeah. That's Rad Movie Rama. Available everywhere you listen to podcasts under Rick Radio. Oh, yeah. Uh. Thank you, folks, for listening. Uh, it's been, been a long time. Like I said, I'm, I'm I'm glad I'm glad we're back on though. But um, I have a few guest spots that I've done just to get myself back in the the podcasting mood. If you want to find me, you can listen to me on the Bite Size Cinema. Uh, we did Friday Thirteenth Part Six. Myself, Mister R. J. McCready, and Dan Bone, and uh, we talked about some boning, especially uh, in the back of a camper, and um how long some guy in cut-off jeans could last and stuff like that. And it's, it's, uh, it's entertaining. I, I, I had a good time with it. And uh, I, I did something else, too, and I forget what it is. But Jamie's been doing a ton, so I'll, I'll let her say what she's been doing. And uh, hit it, girl. <laughs> well, uh, I actually kind of have. It's weird. Uh, since I announced I was going into retirement, suddenly I'm working more than I was before. But... Um, we have eight episodes of the Skeleton Crew that have dropped for Halloween. Many episodes. They're about 30 minutes apiece. And each one we just review a single movie. But I got to tell you, they're fun. And uh, for right now, those are available on horrorfeely.com. And I finally got to do a commentary show with Joshua James. Uh, he has the R-rated show on YouTube. It's just called the R-rated show. And we did a commentary for children shouldn't play with dead things. I had a whole lot of fun. Uh, we've been talking about me going on that show for years and it just never worked out. And finally one day I was like, you know, it was probably maybe a month ago or five weeks, five, six weeks ago when I just reached out to him. I'm like, I want to do this show. And I was like, "Do you would you still welcome me on the show? And he's like, oh, my God, yes. And I'm like, oh, well, thank you so much for not closing the door in my face because it's my fault that we haven't done it yet. So we got to do Children with uh, children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things, which uh, is a Bob Clark movie that I love. And 
of course, there is um, wrapped up the summer series for Teapots. That's actually been wrapped up for a while now. But if anyone has not checked out the Teapots summer series, I highly recommend it. Gary's there, too. And uh, we did uh, top movies of the 2000s. And that was a whole lot of fun. And there's actually something new that has just been announced today. Uh, Duncan, Bo, Ransdell, and myself frequently get together and we do director retrospectives for specific directors. Well, there isn't really a director that we wanted to focus on right now because the directors that we would love to focus on really don't have that much under their belt. Uh, that we haven't already done. So what we we've decided to do something else. And this something else, as it turns out, is going to span about three episodes of the podcast under the stairs. So it's going to be probably a while before those come out. It's going to take a lot of prep and a lot of watching and long conversations, but uh, that should be really fun. And I guess that's about it. Is it? Could be, might be. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> are, you, oh. are, you, are you talking to Brian? Are you talking to no, I was talking to you. Me, we, do, we do have uh, the Z episode of the ABCs of Hidden Horror coming out. And also, I did a special one-off show with my good friend, Kate Pollock. Where she's, a hip, she's a hip lady. I like Kate Pollock a lot. Yeah, she's, she is phenomenal. I love her. And we I watched Inside with her. When she watched it for the first time, because she was watching it because it was being covered on the summer series. And I um, I watched it with her and it was a pretty traumatic experience for her because she has a daughter, a young daughter. And so she had avoided it all these years because she was afraid something would happen to the baby. But I told her, I was like, nothing. Don't worry about the baby. You know, if you if that's what's keeping you away from it. Don't worry about the baby. And she's like, okay, well, then I'll watch it. So I watched it with her in solidarity. And then um, I was like, you know what? And then I wanted to talk to her about it just to see how she felt about it afterward. And I was like, you know, why don't we actually record this? It'll be fun. So that's going to be coming out as well. It's just a one-off single movie discussion. But it's a whole lot of fun. And Kate is a blast to talk to. So, yeah, I highly recommend that. I'm grateful I had to rewatch that movie for the summer series because let me tell you that it's rough, just like just like they say, and I I, I don't like to myself through that again <laughs> as far as that movie goes. It's my favorite of the French extremities. I could watch it any time, and mm. I will. It's one that I just randomly watch. You know, I don't do that with Martyrs. I don't do that with Frontiers because Frontiers is basically like Texas Chainsaw. You know, it's just man, it's not all that original. I don't think. Um, I don't really do that with Eel because it's kind of depressing and, uh, I feel like I'm missing one of the big, or, oh, high tension. I still get pissed off about the ending. Although I do like the film overall. I think it's a, an extremely gory, really fun film to watch. I just ignore the ending, but inside is one that I can watch anytime. And, uh, so it was a lot of fun to be able to talk about that movie because unfortunately I wasn't on the year that it was talked about mm-hmm. yeah that's uh that's the name of the game yeah you know you, you get the years that you're 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 chosen to uh unfortunately uh in the 80s series i was on i think 85 and 87 but she had a lot of heavy hitters and i took a lot of shit over my bad choices i guess but whatever 
It's hard, people. It's hard making choices. But um, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm always grateful to Duncan will allow me to come on and talk with those guys. Although I was on a show with JP and Jerry, and I I I allowed those guys just to go at it. They're like, yeah, Gary didn't say much. Yeah, because they don't shut the fuck up. That's why Gary didn't say much. You know, it's just uh, <laughs> those guys like to talk and like to go at it. And I I like to listen to it and tell mom and dad to stop fighting over old boy because uh it's 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 a movie and whatever but um you can find me there too on the summer series it, it's it's there uh duncan the the fucking workaholic that he is putting like about five shows a week out or something ridiculous like that because he's he loves he loves the show how much he works man you know loves it he's crazy insane that's why yeah I don't think he sleeps. Uh, I, I I need to sleep myself. He barely does. He mm-hmm. honestly, he he barely does. I will. Met, boys in Scotland, and so he's five hours ahead of me. And I will message him at the most random times, and he gets right back to me. I'm like, God damn! Like, <laughs> did he sell his soul to the devil or something? I don't understand. <laughs> yep, he must have. You know. Uh, um. Yeah, this show's going on, and we keep teasing. Jamie's final show, but she seems she seems like she's a lot more, you know. I don't explain how you use the word here, but a lot more willing to do things now. So I, I'm going to say, you know, if it's all all the same to her, then we're going to postpone that show because you know Jamie is the type that that don't don't stop rocking until she decides to retire. And when when she says the word, I have a special surprise guest. That has sworn me to secrecy to be on that show, so I, I can't even tell her who's who it's going to be because they what they, they told me not to tell you, and I I don't want to tell you because it's, okay, it's, do I know them? You do know them, yes, but it's it's, it's uh, uh I don't want to play a guessing game with you, but at the same time they they swore me to secrecy that I can't tell you who it's going to be. They're uh... just they're just they're just going to drop in when it's time to record. You know? Are they famous? Oh no, no. <laughs> Okay. Well, okay. No, well, not yet. I'm still doing prep for this show when it eventually happens. So that's uh, yeah. But like I said, whenever you want to, no pressure. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You know, slamming you like I am. I talked to Jeffrey X Martin today. Like, hey man, whenever you want to come do something, let let me know. You know, <laughs> I keep fucking with him. But he's still writing. <laughs> he's still reporting well, the reporting the bad news for Newsweek. So unfortunately, he has to. Um, you want to read his his scribblings? Look for Newsweek online and look for his name because he writes articles for them and gets depressed every night because he has to write political articles for for you know the current state that we're in. And uh, yeah, I I keep pressuring him to say, "Come on, man! You know you want to do it." You know it's it. Uh, but uh, he he assures me that, that me and him are going to do something for you for your final show when it does happen. So he will make an appearance. Oh, that's great. Oh, wait, he's not the one that's short of your secrecy, is No, he? that's that's not okay. the one, no. Why, okay. why, why would I name the name? Come on now. You know? Well, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, uh-oh, were you supposed to do that? <laughs> no, no that's, that's, that's not the one. You know, I, I can't even okay. tell you the, the, the gender, you know, gender specific because I, I don't They'll narrow it down, probably. Well, there's that many female podcasters around, but um, you know, you rock. A lot of other folks rock too. You know, you're doing your thing, but um, yeah, this show. I don't know what we're doing next, but Iris will probably be back for it because she was away for for personal reasons that that she has stuff going on, and um, you know, 
I don't want to talk about it. it, it it's 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 sad time for Iris right now, but I'm I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, we love you, Flower. We love you to death all the time. Yeah, my flower. Uh, Suzanne will be back when she's done. You know, tending bar and, and telling everybody their name and whatnot. You know, she she's uh she's busy with that and. The, the shutdown is happening again in the state of Illinois, so she might not be doing that for too much longer. Oh, uh, man. Ireland just got shut down for six weeks again. Yeah. Yeah, more more, more bad news. But um, the good news is that I I have movement uh, on a new project that I know you'd be interested in, Jamie, to, to, to guest on one or two of these. Uh, first year you were involved in this, Jamie, we, we did seven Walter Hill shows uh unfortunately i i lost like the first 45 episodes of the show so in order to make up for some of those shows i'll be filtering in some of those movies in future shows but doing a project with lee russell and cameron scott where we uh talk about walter hill's works and a show called last call torchies and uh that that's going to be a thing probably on legion i i i, I almost shot around the other place but I th- I thought about something else, you know. I'm I'm gonna leave it where it is. I'm gonna leave it where it lies, and uh, we're gonna do more burning for Spring Woods, uh, with with myself, Suzanne, and Mike talking about that Freddy's nightmares. Why waste a good bumper, people? But uh, Mr. England gave us a good bumper for the show. Why why waste it? Uh, and finish out that long and tedious series. Um, yeah, that's 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 about it, man. You could go go uh, follow us on the twitters. Uh, at Son of Beef Cast, you can follow me on Instagram at Beefy Beard. Um, come support the Legion Patreon. Uh, when that Walter Hill show happens, I'm going to be dropping. I think the way we're going to structure it is we're going to do the directorial, the directorial stuff, and he has some interesting stuff that he wrote too that he didn't direct. So I think we're going to do some Patreon stuff for that because it's very interesting stuff. And um, a lot of irons in the fire. Can't tell you when they're going to strike or when they're going to happen, but I'm hoping it's sooner rather than later. Two Jig Venom commentaries as well. I, I had a plan to do one for Halloween, but it might not happen. Whatever it is, it is what it is. I'm just glad to be doing this again with you, Jamie, and whoever wants to indulge me. You know? Yeah, I had a, I had a blast. I missed Iris and Suzanne, but we'll catch up. Yeah, that's that's about it for this one. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for your your support, obviously. And uh, this has been your Cinevy Podcast, where if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. Yay! See you next, <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>